Welcome to another episode of Views from a Butterfly, and I'm your host, Butterfly. I uh, hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and you were able to get together with friends and family and maybe see some that you hadn't seen in a little while. Um, I wanted to come on here today to talk about uh, the death of uh, DJ Twitch. You know, he was a dancer on So You Think You Can Dance, and he was one of the DJs and dancers on Ellen. And he was found dead in a hotel. He committed suicide. You know, looking on the outside and, you know, watching him dance and talk and, you know, how vibrant looking he was, you would have never thought that anything like that would occur. And, you know, first, you know, when you hear about, okay, suicide from someone like that, when you think they don't have a problem in the world, you automatically think, oh, okay, foul play. Man, somebody else must have done that. But, you know, they confirmed that it was suicide. And it's like so hard to grasp hearing, first of all, that someone commits suicide. Especially when you think, think in capital letters, that that person has it going on, the best of the world, beautiful wife, beautiful children, a wonderful career, and then you hear about them committing suicide. And that's the sad thing about mental health is, you know, it can go undetected. You know, you got some, some ailments out here, diseases and things that can go undetected for a long time until it's discovered. But with mental health, sometimes... By the time it is discovered, the person has committed suicide, you know. And with him, like I said, you're looking at that. You never, like, you know, he was never in the paper about anything. Or, you know, um, when they interviewed him, he and his wife together, they just seemed so happy. So that's why sometimes I say when, you know, you see somebody or you haven't talked to them for a while, you know, when you ask them how they're doing, don't just say, hey, how you doing? And really not expecting to hear an answer. You know, if they say fine, say, oh, okay, well, you know, what have you been up to? You know, kind of ask questions to really see if they're fine. The word fine or the phrase I'm okay is just a common answer for some people just to, just to say and you know, granted, there are some people when you ask them, hey, I'm fine or, hey, I'm okay. They really are. But then there are some who are not. So why not? If you maybe if you notice that you haven't talked to the person for a while, or they've been super quiet or something. You say, hey, um, Janice, how you doing? And then she says, oh, I'm fine. You know, kind of go a little deeper and ask, oh, OK, well, what you been up to? You know, um, you know, have you been doing anything lately? And that kind of gives you an opportunity to, to see if they really are fine. Because if Janice says, hey, I'm fine. And then you say, hey, what you been up to? And she just, oh, nothing. You know, what do you mean nothing? Nothing. Just sitting around in the house doing nothing. Okay, well, you know, how are you? How have you been feeling? Are you know, are you okay? Anything bothering you? Anything on your mind? Go a little deeper sometimes. You know, the, the common thing of hearing 
someone say, oh, I'm okay, I'm fine, it's all right. It's just sometimes when somebody doesn't want to talk about it or more so doesn't want to burden you with it. But if you present yourself in a way where you're, you know, ready to listen to them, you know, or are truly interested in what's going on, then they're more apt to talk about it. You know, it's this is depression and anxiety and bipolar and all those things. You know, it it's been around for a long, 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 long time. You know, but people are just really starting to notice, you know, how prevalent it is. And then there are some people who are starting to talk about it or, you know, you're starting to see those commercials and everything about it. You know, you know, one of you guys that are listening right now might be feeling that, but just do not want to tell anybody because you fear that you're going to get judged. Like I said before, you know, um, in another episode, you can't feel like that. It's an illness. It's a disorder, just like someone who's addicted to drugs, someone who's addicted to alcohol, you know, compulsive um, disorders. It's the same thing. Please do not sit around and not talk to your family or friends. If you think that you're going to feel uncomfortable telling them anything, then talk to a stranger. Talk to a therapist. You know, it's online. Some of them you know, you don't even have to look at the person, but just talk to somebody, you know, try things like writing in your journal, you know, when you're feeling a certain way that day and then come back a week later and read what you wrote and see if there's a difference in how you are feeling. And if it's not, it's definitely time for you to do something. All of us have days when we, you know, feel a little melancholy or down, or have the blues, or something like that, that's normal. But it's us who have the disorders that sometimes it's not just one day. You know, with anxiety, it's normally categorized anxiety slash depression. Sometimes I notice, like on my medical thing, I'm suffering from a disorder of anxiety, but they normally put those two together. And maybe so, because sometimes I do feel kind of blah, you know, but I think they just categorize them together because the, sometimes the medications can be treated the same. And then sometimes some of the symptoms, you know, can be similar, you know, so they, they put them together. But, you know, try little things like, you know, if you're not a, you know, exercise person, maybe try doing just a little bit of exercise. If you're not somebody who dances, maybe go dancing or, you know, dance in the house, you know, with your maid or your children or. You know, something like that. Um, watch some comedy. Make yourself laugh to get those endorphins, you know, going. And find some art. Find some type of outlet that you can get on the other side of the sadness or feeling blah. But and pick up the phone. Just pick up the phone and call somebody. Email somebody, you know. Email them and say, you know, hey... Um, haven't talked to you in a while. You know, I've been feeling a certain way lately. You know, can I talk to you about it? You know, try to not just go into a little bowl. To have that on your mind and feeling 
Like no one wants to hear it or feeling embarrassed or feeling like it's too much to talk about or too much to bear. And then you take it on yourself. It's just totally heart wrenching because now you're leaving people behind that maybe didn't know, you know, and they're going to feel worse because they're going to feel like they were helpless or that they did something wrong because they didn't help you. But if you don't tell them, they're not going to know, you know, so at least give yourself a fighting chance to see if you can get help. See if it's, you know, something that, you know, you talk to somebody and they can then get to the root of why you're feeling that way. But, you know, this, this Twitch thing, it just, you know, just reminds me that, you know, all of us, we're not above that. Some people say, oh, well, I'll never commit. I would never commit suicide. You really don't know what you would do in that situation. I'm sure that DJ Twitch probably never even thought about that, a suicide. But all this time, he was holding something in or was going through something that caused him to take his own life. That's how much suffering. You know how much suffering you will have to be in. How much pain, how much mental anguish you will have to be in to take your own life. And he wasn't alone. And it's not like you can say, well, I can understand. But what I'm saying is he wasn't alone. He had a family. Um, I don't know. Let's, let's just say if he was going through issues with his family, but still to take your life, that that means that he was grieving inside about his family, if that was the case. he He was doing something that was so unbearable that he no longer wanted to be here. So much pain. People think that physical, that physical pain of someone hitting you or, you know, domestic violence when someone's, you know, beating up their spouse or something like that. Of course, that's painful and it can leave scars and things. But imagine someone who has it in their head, in their heart their head they they can't get those thoughts out they can't they feel like they can't do anything about it or think they're alone about it and the thoughts might be so big and so heavy and so painful they think that no one can possibly feel the way that they feel you know and we have to learn You know, all of us who have maybe a disorder, all of us who have family, friends, who have some type of something going on, we have to learn that, you know, um, we're not the, we're not our illness. We're not our illness. And our illness is an illness. And the sooner we recognize that it's just like any other illness it has to be handled differently you know the better will be and you know people think that if you say oh you you're depressed or you're bipolar or you're schizophrenic or you're you're this or that and they do the I'm doing the air quotes crazy kind of thing some people want to steer away from you okay well those are the people that you don't need to be around anyway 
you know, but the disorder is so many disorders. Someone with anxiety like myself, I don't put myself above someone who has schizophrenia or bipolar. Anxiety is real, you know, to constantly worry about things, you know, that could happen. And I don't mean like, oh, like um, Chicken Little, the sky is going to fall. Not like that. But I do think, oh, okay, well, um, sometimes I'm like riding down the street and it might be dark or something. And because I've known that this has happened to people, I'm thinking, hmm, what if that person on the other side of the road is intoxicated or sleepy or or on drugs or something like that and cross the road? They could kill somebody on this side. When you have anxiety, you have thoughts like that. It's not all the time. Trust me, it's not all the time. But because I know that that can happen, I'm like extra cautious. You're supposed to be driving and you're being a defensive driving or offensive driver. So you're supposed to be looking where you're going and also around you, behind you and all those kind of things. But looking what's coming towards you and things like that. So somebody with anxiety like myself, I'm doing that plus somebody else. So... You might say, well, everybody does that. Look and see what the other driver is doing. But when you have anxiety, it's extra. So now the same with somebody, you hear somebody saying, oh, they extra. I laugh at that because sometimes I'm extra. I really am extra. But it's just an overwhelming kind of feeling sometimes of worry, of worry. And then, you know, the old saying of oh, oh they just a worry word maybe that back then before they start you start hearing the word anxiety or something like that maybe that's what that meant you know stuff like that and I, I talk to y'all all the time about um I feel bad if I don't tell somebody all the possible things that I need to tell them in my head because I'm always thinking like what if this happened you know, and they didn't know. Like, hey, there's a little crack right there in the sidewalk. Watch your step. I'm one of those. So it's almost like overly motherly, overly protective, that kind of stuff. Because if I'm walking by that person and then they trip over the sidewalk and say I knew there was a crack and just assumed that they saw it and then they fall, I feel so, I would feel so bad. I would feel so bad. And I hate saying, tag on it. I should have told them to watch out for the crack. You know, so it's it's little things like that. Now, somebody who's bipolar, you know, look up these disorders. Don't just go by what I'm saying. Look up these disorders. People see, see think somebody with bipolar is, ah, one day they was laughing. About two minutes later, they were sad. That is not how bipolar works. It takes a while for the transition. They have highs and they have lows. And it takes periods. It's periods of it. You know, you may see somebody and talk to them and they just look like they're on top of the world. And they're like that for a good while. Could be a month. Could be two uh, two months. It could be a week, two weeks, whatever. And then the next time you might see them and they're not as jolly, you know, or something like that. Or they're moody. You know, or something like that. Um, there's a commercial. I haven't even seen that commercial in a long time where this lady, um, when she was on the high side of the bipolar, 
And so I guess she's thinking that she feels really good. And she just buys all this stuff because that's make, you know, it's impulsive buying. So, of course, that's not good, but she's impulsively buying all this stuff. Like, you know, so it's like an instant high for her, like someone else on drugs. And she's buying cameras and this and that. And she's, you know, doing the retail therapy kind of thing and shopping and stuff. And so now, once all the stuff comes, you know, it might take a week. Now, I'm not saying that all of a sudden now she's on the other side of the bipolar. But what I'm saying is that high of that need for that retail or something to make her feel good, that yearn is not that strong. So when that stuff comes, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, and some people don't even open the boxes. They'll, it'll just be sitting there because it's the high of the purchasing and it's the high of waiting for the package to come to the door. So they don't do it. So it sits there and sits there because one, they didn't really want it. You know, it was just that 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 feeling right then and there and then two they feel guilty because they bought all that stuff so their intention is to bring it send it back but they don't then the cycle hits again and then they do the same thing there are people who hoard because they suffer from a disorder of retail so they use retail therapy to make themselves feel better and of course, once you purchase in the packages at your house, then that high is gone. So you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. So, you know, you have some people who have that, you know, type of bipolar. Um, it's, you know, within each category of the disorder, it's different things. You know, sometimes you're just depressed and you, know, you don't want to get up. You know, you have days when you don't want to take a shower or you don't want to do this. It's all so many different things. But um, I just wanted to come in and talk about Twitch and, and just just let you guys know, or, you know, say to you guys to please check with your family and friends if you haven't talked to them. And when you do talk to them, make the conversation a little bit better than the question of, hey, how you doing? And don't even listen to what they're saying. You know, some people will just be like, I'm okay. And then you're going, oh, well, girl, so, 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 so. And they go on about their business. I know people that are like that. They will they really don't want to know how you were doing because they're too busy wanting to tell you how they're doing, you know, and it makes that person on the, um, on the end that you ask, it makes them more, um, more likely to just shut down. So when people were doing me like this, I would just be quiet. I wouldn't say anything because I was going through some, some, some things before now we'll get into that before you know in a relationship and they never knew because they always wanted to talk about themselves it was just like you just be quiet and you just listen to them so then when you get off the phone you feel worse than you did before because you had opportunities to talk to them about it and now all you hear about is what's going on with them be it good or bad you know and if it's negative that means that's more that you had added to your plate and then you didn't even get the vent about what was going on with you so you know be kind and and actually listen you know when you talk into your family and your friends and stuff or even somebody on the street you know when you see them hey how are you 
and, and do it in an upbeat voice and then listen to that person. And they might say, oh, I'm okay. And then you can say, hey, and well, I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do to help you feel better? You know, you know, uh, is there somebody that you, you can talk to? You didn't sound too peppy. And you may get some pushback from people like, hey, you don't know me, you know, but at least you asked. So if you, you know, want to send an email to me, you can at views from a butterfly at gmail.com. You can also do a, a leave a voicemail and um, I'll get back to you. You can um, appear on this podcast if you like. You can send a a um, anonymous um, message and and tell me what's going on with you and I can talk about it or you can uh, tell me what you'd like me to know and then come on the podcast and talk about it so until next time wrapping my wings around you all I got you